Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Good evening and welcome to a belated episode of Sugar Silk and hopefully stretch at some point. A unique boxing podcast brought to you exclusively by Botches and Son. Um, so <laughs> we do apologise. We, we are aware that we have a small, dedicated cult following right now. And we know that a very small number of you would have been waiting, thinking, where are they tonight? A few people have messaged me. Um, on the um, Michael Alagere front, the, the excuse is honest enough, is it not, sir? Uh, yeah, you fell asleep waiting for... Waiting for the time that you fell asleep by accident, I understand, watching a football game. Yeah, that's and then you and then yeah. you woke up and you're like, you see, you called me up, you're like, holy cow, I can't believe it. I was sitting there on the couch and all of a sudden it was an hour later, I fell asleep by accident, and you and you and you wholeheartedly apologized to me and I accept your apology. Yeah. Yeah. So for the benefit of uh... So anyone who's I mean, it doesn't matter who's right or wrong in this. It's like just forget it. Let's just get on with the show. And yeah, yeah. He's, us, right? When he's right, he wants you to like be truly subservient and kiss rings and all sorts. <laughs> but when he's the one who fell asleep, by the way, Gary thought it was an hour later because the clocks the clocks go back like or, or forward or whatever. I think it's backwards. They go yeah. backwards a, a week later in America, which always throws us off. Remember this last yeah. year when we were just sugar and silk we had the same yeah, absolutely right because i did i did um set my alarm and that's exactly why the alarm didn't go off i guess <laughs> yeah in any case um have we got any comments yet so we haven't got any comments because we haven't said anything okay. um michael the thing i wanted to talk about uh certainly to to kick the show off and gary will be joining us when he gets back from the supermarket in los angeles uh, Joe Cordina retained his IBF super featherweight title mm-hmm. last night in Monte Carlo mm-hmm. with a hard fought. It wasn't controversial, but it was a questionable, debatable majority decision over Edward Vasquez from Fort Worth, Texas. Um, and it was one of them things that. Um, see, this is the problem I got, Michael. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with the, with the fact that Cordina won the fight. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps mm-hmm. he did win. I didn't score it. Remember round, mm-hmm. but it was a tooth and nail kind of affair. It was very mm-hmm. close. 
mm-hmm. and you had Tony Bellew, that you know, obviously, who's a partisan commentator. He's, uh-huh. He likes matchroom fighters. He, he knows Cordina because he's a, kind of his countryman, fellow Brit. And uh-huh. uh, he had them even going into the 12th round. Now, I uh-huh. thought Vasquez won the 12th round. So, okay, one of the judges calls it a draw, 114 points apiece. Mm-hmm. The other two judges went, um, 116, 112 for the champion, Codina, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. it's the out of alignment that that raises the eyebrows and you have an issue with. And it's so typical. Yeah, out, of the, out of alignment with what you called or what you saw or between the three no, judges? Anybody, anybody knows it was that kind of 114, 114 type of fight. Not a, it wasn't 116, 112 type of fight. Mm. Don't get me wrong, sir. But two, but two of the judges called it 116, 114, right? No, 116, 112. 116, okay, 112. Eight so, rounds to four instead of yeah. instead of six rounds apiece. But two of those judges called it the same, and one of them called it. Yeah, because, but thought. but there's no way that those two were right. The, the, the only guy who, who was watching the right fight was the one who had it called it. Called <laughs> it honestly. But but how could you say that if two of them like I didn't see the fight in its entirety? Come on, man. Come on, man. You you were acquainted with the concept of, of bias and favoring the house fighter, favoring the A side favoring the champion, all the rest of it. People yeah. have come to expect it. When a guy does that, he was eight to one underdog, Edward Vasquez, right? He was very lowly regarded. Uh, I remember putting um, on Facebook, just mentioning the odds as, as is my want um, the day before. And somebody said, oh, there's a reason why he's eight to one. And I'm like, oh, really? Well, why is that? The thing with Vasquez, he came with a lot of ambition and he came with not just one plan, but two plans, um, you know, and he yeah. was gave it everything. He was very superbly conditioned, ready, you know, kept the same pace up for 12 rounds. And he gave Cordina a lot of trouble. Maybe Cordina eked it out, but that's all he did, Silk. He did not win yeah. by four-round margin. So what's the difference? Maybe he eked it out, but what what's the difference then? What If it would have been scored closer, what would that have meant to the fighter? Well, no, what it is, what we're saying is some people are default scoring bad verdicts. And do you know like, when you'll get Canelo um, against Bivol and they'll say, yeah, and he gets beat, but people will say, hang on, check this out. Canelo was, um, was, was, was won the first four rounds, even though he didn't win any of them. So, you know, Bivol had to absolutely beat him out of sight down the stretch to get what was rightfully his. What we're saying is there's alarm bells with the way people are scoring fights. Hmm. That's the issue. Not, well, it doesn't make a difference because they got the right winner. Um, you know, because and like I say, I wouldn't call it a robbery. But if Vasquez had won it, you wouldn't have. You'd have preferred Vasquez by a point than, than Cordina by four points for sure. You would. Like uh-huh. I say, Tony Bellew, who's probably he's hardly impartial, had him level going into the last round. That's his card, not mine. And then Vasquez, for my eyes, aware that he'd said it all comes down to the last round, mm-hmm. won the last round. You know. And yeah. Tony Bellew seemed to backtrack a little bit and say, oh, well, I think Cordina's got this. I think he basically thought, I'm going to say Cordina's got it anyway, even though but by the by my score, and he probably lost that because he probably lost the last round, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I see where you're coming from. I, I totally understand what you're saying about, you know, the um, disparity in scoring. It would be nice to have equal judges, but it, isn't it very much like, uh, you know, if somebody commits a crime and, and everyone sees a certain individual, but then when they put him in the lineup, they can't identify you know, everyone has a different, uh, a diff- if you're looking at it from a different angle, you're getting a different experience, right? British boxing so, fans so are so is- cynical now. They will say, this guy will get robbed or this guy won't get a fair shake because they will protect the house fighter. That uh-huh. absolutely goes on. That, that so you think happens. you think that's what it was? They protected the house fighter? I, I, I mean, I think but, that but, isn't that, but isn't that also what home field advantage is? 
And that's something that like. What, when you're fighting in Monte Carlo? When you're from Wales? No, you said that they were protect that they were protecting him. He was the house fighter. He was the promoter's fighter. The promoter's fighter, yeah. Yeah. So he's the promoter's fire fighter. So they're going to give him. They're obviously going to give him a little bit of an advantage. But you're that's signing off on this and saying that's, it's that's, okay. That's, that's that's certainly what like like. Uh, let's take Floyd for example. He fought all of his fights in Vegas, and I think there's a little. You know what I mean. Everybody but that's knows. That's not good. Side. I thought everyone I thought, knows what side their butter is breaded on, or what side their bread is buttered on. What was well, that? that is the, obviously the, the, what we know—the cynics' view of things—and and we're well aware of it. But are we not? Do you not feel that you should be standing against that to some degree, or or, or looking oh, no, for better reforms? You believe it isn't. I'm just saying, like this is this is just the way it is in boxing. So in order to like when they say you got to beat the ch- you got to you know. You got to destroy the champion in order to beat him, or whatever that saying was. Well, that's that's one thing that Codina came out with afterwards, which is the biggest crock of shit in the, in in boxing history. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but the is. trouble is, you should, you should just fairly squarely have to win. You shouldn't have to defeat or back up the champion or whatever it is. It's like if you win, you win, no matter how close. But the trouble but, is exactly that, and the trouble is, Michael. The trouble with boxing is the cliches, because it's nonsense, but the trouble in boxing is the nonsense gets legs, it starts walking, and then it starts running. Because It's one of those things where these bogus concepts catch fire to the point where they become these unfortunate truths. Yes, yes. And, and, but the only way, that can, the only way that's going to get better is by educating the public on boxing. And it's not just simply putting a fist on another guy's face. And, you know, I mean, uh, Bellu said something interesting. He said, uh, and he's absolutely right. He said, when judges look at a fight or when they score a fight, the guy who goes to the head gets more punches yes. than the guy who gets more points than Always. the guy who goes to the body. He's and that's right. ridiculous. It shouldn't be that way. But here's the thing, Silk, because you don't, because what one thing he said was, another thing he said was, yeah, they're very light punches. There's nothing on them, but you have to score them. But here's the thing: you don't have to score them, and they're not—they're not scoring them. They're not saying when you watch a fight. If I tell you to judge a fight in the ten-point must system, you know how to do that. You've been there and all the rest of it. But if you watch this fight and you see one, two left hook land, regardless of the force, you're not scoring one, two, three punches. You're looking at the round. At the end of the round, you'll say to me, "I, I give that ten-nine to Cordina because he he landed more punches based on my kind of." overview i thought or i landed harder punches or you know whatever else you cite as your yardstick for the round you're not counting those punches are you but what you probably know is they did that in the, for a while in the amateurs when roy jones got robbed against the korean in seoul olympics the uh the international olympic committee said to um the the iaeba that was the boxing governing body at the time if you guys don't come back with a more definitive um measurable scoring system for the next Olympiad, then you're not in it, okay? So that's when they came up with these calculators and the clickers, yeah? And then the computer. Do you remember all that? Where you'd be suddenly... And then you had the guys who were saying, listen, if a guy lands a fast four-punch combination like a flurry, they'll score maybe one punch punch of the flurry if you're lucky. So then people had all these issues with that. But what I'm saying is, it's all very well saying, oh, these are scoring punches, but they're not because people just watch the round and then they make a decision at the end of the round. They don't they don't count punches like they used to do in the amateurs. You're saying they don't count them, but isn't that what they – so what do they do today in the amateurs? They still don't count the punch? There's still not a punch count? Because I remember no, watching – what do you mean still not? They used to be. They, and they'd they have little computer be. numbers on there, right? Little numbers of 
Yeah, that's what I just said. That's what I was just detailing. Since the Roy Jones thing, they changed it. But many yeah. years ago, they abandoned the computer, and now they're now they're scoring ten nines, ten point must system like the pros. Yeah, yeah. That um, I don't know. I mean, people want to make their jobs as easy as possible, right? That's kind of what they want to do. But I guess sometimes with computers, when you have people that haven't boxed before, and this is the problem with not recycling boxes back into the sport. And maybe you can't do that because, I don't know, uh, a lot of fighters have been kind of like abused. So it's hard for them to, I don't know if, I don't know if it's harder for us to stay focused for a long time. Whatever yeah. happens with, you know. Or even awake sometimes. And everything. Sorry? Yeah. Or even awake sometimes. Or stay even, making, or even getting, here on, getting here on time, right? Yeah. 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 but but hey check it out we all have our demons and we do our best you know what i mean <laughs> you know some some of those demons are, are natural and some of them are you know whatever they they come to us along the along the journey but if we recycle boxes back in it they can tell you what a scoring punch is and what isn't and then they can be accountable for the decisions they make and, and they know the effectiveness of the punch. They'll say, okay, that was a jab. I know it felt like that. That's a right hand. That's a left hook. I know it felt like that. I know he did. It was a more of an arm punch. So I know this is how effective it was. So I can score it that. You know what I mean? But they don't necessarily, or, or I don't know, maybe it's not even important to have the immediate decision. Maybe there should be a period of time where, I don't know, there should, like they always want the immediate decision. And I guess that's what the ref did back in the, 60s and 70s over in England, I guess, when they just yeah. you guys literally raise their hand at the bell. Yeah, and that's who I thought won, and that's maybe that would be an interesting, uh, an interesting way to do it again because you have one guy, and he's in there in the ring, and he's following it better than anybody yeah. else in the boxing matches. Even he has even a better, better view of it than the cornerman, and he has a, a yeah, he, he does, a, but, right? um, and so. He does. And so it's not wrong to go back even to that concept. What What about the old concept of one scoring referee and then two judges? That, you know, so there was two and one. You remember that? But what's the purpose of the, if the judges, if the ringside judges are not effective, then what's the sense of having them at all? Why not just go back to one guy? He's either going to get stopped. Here's the problem, I would say, because some guys allow, some referees are lousy judges. And because a lot of the guys are both, right? Certainly in England, a lot of the top officials are also referees. You know, the top judges, they, they judge and they referee. Yeah. You get some guys who are notoriously bad. Ian John Lewis, who is a nice guy, and he is someone I know personally, so I'm not going to slag him off. He got downgraded by the board because consistently eyebrow-raising scorecards as a judge yeah. or a referee. Yeah. Now, if you're, if you're at the mercy of one guy who's a bit whack, but he's a good referee, he's good at great controlling the fight, good rapport with the boxers, you know, administers the rules perfectly, but it's just not much on scoring fights. That's the problem you've got. You haven't got two other heads to offset him. I'd rather have me and you at ringside than just Ian John Lewis refereeing and judging a fight on his own, for instance. Let me, let me put it that way. Uh, but the, the thing is, they don't even have to... Um... They don't even have to present the scorecard. All they do, split decision, whatever, it doesn't even matter. They just raise the hand of the guy, and you know what I mean? And that's it. You don't have to say he won it five rounds to, to seven. It, that's not even a, a part of it. It's not even a focus. I This guy won split decision, but, majority decision. It doesn't matter. He won. But you it. say that so, but you could, the, the referees back in that system in England when they only had one 
uh, referee, the sole scoring official, um, they were still scoring rounds. They would they would hand their, their scorecards over to. I guess to, they could go over to the corner and tick a tick a who they thought won. You know what I mean? I mean, look at the referee is actually seeing it at a. I mean, better than anybody, anybody. And if he's a fighter and he's experienced, he can he can tell you things about it that no one else is, is seeing. You say he's that, but seen. some fighters are lousy judges. They are. They are the most knowledgeable collection of people on the internet, or or anything in today in modern yeah. time. You yeah, know, if modern you, era. If you're sitting, if you're sitting, all boxes. Yes, if you're sitting outside watching it. Yes, I'm saying if the man gets up, gets in the ring, and and watches the and and referees the fight. I, I don't see how he could be bad if he's a real boxer, unless. But but he's did you a understand as well that he's still scoring it and he's still scoring it round by round? You know, you understand that's what they used to do. They would score it round by round those referees. And they'd they, still say 10-9, 10-8, or whatever. Well, the, it, back in Britain, they had they used to score on quarters and halves of a point as well. They had a funny scoring system where there was quarters and halves involved, you know, fractions as well as full points. Uh huh. It was quite complicated in that sense, to be honest with you, but but. See, because I reckon when, when Jim Jeffries had, would, would uh, referee a fight back in the day, when he'd nominate two leading contenders to box for a title in his stead, or when he referee fights, I think they were just making up as they went along and deciding who they thought won, which I do not respect that way of doing things. That's, that's not a good system just because he's James Joe Jeffries. Fuck that. He's got yeah. to score it and he's got to, and there's got to be some justification. I, I actually think gravitating away from that was a good thing and there should be three ringside judges, personally. How, uh, how, is, how is that... How is that more effective than having one person standing for the? Because the one person might be wrong, and at least you've got the chance of two, three, three good judges are better wherever they're sitting or standing are better than one. Three good okay, ones. So, but then you have then you just have what we were saying. You have two judges that scored it out of whack, compared to one that scored it accurate. But generally, you would think you know the majority. Two of three are going to score better than... It's it, Usually that is the way it goes. Listen, usually you've got one renegade card, which is out of whack with the other two. That's the, that's the, fa that's the favourite. And it's usually a bias card that's, you know, the wild card, I might, you might call it. But this time, honestly, it was the, the two judges who are more out of whack. And one of them got it right. Obviously, you're going to get that happening sometimes. I, I wonder if the judges that scored it, uh, both for um, uh, the kid, right? Uh, the kid who won, yeah. I wonder if they scored the same rounds for him. Well, you can get the cards after any major fight. You will see the cards. I've, I've already seen it. I've already seen the cards. You know, available doing the rounds online. Joe, uh, Joe makes some... a real good statement here. Joe makes a real good statement. He says one guy can be bought three or harder. That's true, but yeah, all you exactly. need to do is buy one guy. Really. Yeah, Frankie. He said also Frankie Randall lost to Edwin Rosario by half a point. That was at the York Hall in Bethnal Green, right, Silk? Can you imagine the can you imagine the treat for, for East London boxing fans that Frankie Randall for Edwin Rosario at the York Hall? I've been to the York Hall working corners, watching yeah, yeah. fights or interviewing fighters over a hundred times. It is the yeah. it is the grassroots spiritual home of British boxing. But we yeah. used to get big fights there, Silk, in the back in the day. We had really? Buster Drayton versus James Kinchin there. Can you imagine that today? It just wouldn't happen. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, wow. I can't even imagine. Yeah, because you were telling me those are both, you know, U.S., well, Puerto Rican and uh, U.S. United States fighters. Yeah. And also, Kitchen Fort Drayton the day before Hagler Hearns at the York Hall Bethnal Green. It was not televised, the show. Do you know who else boxed on the show, actually? Gary Stretch boxed on the same show. And I'm going to talk to him about it when he gets here because he does say he's going to join us. But... Can you imagine Mickey Duff promoting a show off television featuring two world-rated American middleweights on a Sunday at the British, you know, at the, the sport. It's yeah. like the Blue Horizon, okay? It's like the yeah. East London's equivalent, East End's equivalent of the Blue Horizon and British boxing's yeah, equivalent of the Blue Horizon. And then the next day, Marvin and Tommy tried to decapitate each other in Las Vegas. But the, he just reminded me and made me feel nostalgic. I, I guess we're digressing a bit. But, but Frankie Randall boxed Edwin Rosario there. And the thing is, Edwin Rosario was doing his road work at the York Hall. Sorry, mm-hmm. sorry. That, that, that was a fucking high-pitched thing that put me off. He was doing his road work in Hyde Park. And my dad heard, got wind of this. So my dad my dad went running in Hyde Park so he could bump into Edwin Rosario. And he got him to sign a, a piece of paper for me, I guess. Uh, I, I was, what, 15. And um, he said he wanted him to say all the best, Ben. But with him being Spanish-speaking... He didn't quite get the nuance, and he just wrote the best Ben Edwin Rosario. <laughs> um, so that's that's a bit of nostalgia. But um, I, I actually do feel that my argument was right. And I've, by the way, at a low level, I've refereed and judged. Sometimes I, I, a referee won't call a fight, you know, you might call them unlicensed, whatever. Sometimes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, the, can we do anything about the thing that happens keeps happening? No, I, I'm sorry, I had like. Tinkerbell is over here and she's going rogue right now and she keeps on hitting a little her dinger dinkle thing, you know, like you know Tinkerbell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I don't know do what I can do about it. I have talked to it so many times before we went on this thing, but she just has to be recognized. She in fact oh, her her line herself, she said, I will not be ignored. And she hits that little dink thing and I we're still the best, the coolest boxing podcast in the world, I believe. But we need to up our game on the professional front at some point on our on our road to world domination. There will come a time when we'll say, remember when we first started before we took over the whole world, and you used yeah. to have that thing dinging, or you kept banging your knee on the table. Gary was late. That that will be funny, nostalgic times to reminisce over. Gary late. Gary was a no show. Yeah, well, he, he's still coming. He reckons, but anyway. Oh, yeah. So but I've done I'm a bit of refereeing, right? I've done, I've done my refereeing, I'm not qualified. My refereeing is based on the fact that I'm an ex-boxer and a, a coach and blah, 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 and a, you know, and, a, and a, whatever else people call me. And uh, I know how to look after two guys in a white collar fight, okay? And I, yeah. So sometimes they ask me to judge and sometimes they ask me just to referee it. And I vastly prefer just refereeing the fight. I don't sure. like having to think about... I, I, I can do it, but I don't, I'd rather just concentrate on applying the rules and making sure everything's cool than I would be trying to judge the fight while I'm refereeing it as well, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how most referees feel. Uh, it'd be much, they'd be much more pertinent to ask them, you know, the guys who worked at the top level, like an Arthur McCanty or mm-hmm. even a Bob Williams in England or, you know, any, any of the other guys, but Carlos Padilla or whatever. But um, 
Can I ask you a question before we go any further? We'll come right back to this subject, but it just hit me and I, I had to what the hat that you're wearing, it's a peaky blinder, right? Is that what they call it? Probably, yeah. I think yeah, I think that, yeah. that's what they called it ever since that. Did you see that 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 um show that I saw that, a bit of it, yeah. Yeah, it's, but I was always wondering, is that so that hat, does that mean you belong to a certain gang or a certain type of people, or is there something specific that hat does? Because I don't think it keeps your head warm. No, I, I don't know if it does. So, see, the Peaky Blinders thing, all I'm aware of is that that related to a gang from Birmingham, in the, you know, in the Midlands in the yeah. 1920s, was it? The kind of early kind of flat cap yeah. gang, gangsters. Yeah. And it became very, very kind of hip and, and, and well-known and iconic because of the really popular um, period drama called Peaky Blinders. Yeah. I've never watched it. It's one of the things that Sopranos, like Sopranos, everybody's watched. It's one of the things I haven't watched still. But that's the only thing that I know. But, but, I guess it's like an identity, right? It's part of your, it's part of an identity of those people. I suppose it is for that people like that. Yeah, I can't say it is that way for me. But but this so, has been a stylized thing for. So it's not as like so it's not as like as effective or, or as functional as let's say, let's say a, a sombrero, and another. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know that certainly you've seen them referencing boxing over the years. Remember the guys like Harry Greb era and used to wear them, right? They used to wear them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, so, that's also, so it's a form of identification. It's not really functional. It's a form of ID. So you, uh, so for yeah. you, ID too, it's like a heritage thing, I guess. I suppose so. I must have my own decision to wear it sometimes. On the show is not is is not nearly so considered or deep as that. No, but, but I um, think you've always worn it since we've been on the show. I don't, not every show. If you watch some shows, some of those shows, I don't. No, I, watch it. I I think like ninety nine point nine percent you've worn the peaky. Quite honestly, honestly, not as much as that. We could go through it, and you'd find there'd be different. Some shows, nah. Some shows I don't, but uh, mm -hmm. it really mix it up, you know. Um, yeah, but it's a, it's a part of you. I like it, and it matches yeah. your decor, and it definitely definitely matches your accent. So yeah. You don't normally see me with that off the show. It's normally it's like more of a show thing than anything else. In any case, um, we were talking about oh, sorry, sorry. Um, but before you go any further, I think Joe said something there. What did Joe say? He said something, but I, I made the decision not to particularly go. You you won't get it. If I can highlight the comment, you won't get it. I got it. So sometimes silk. Sometimes you need to trust me that I'm like a a professional, and and I can see certain things. They'll be like, let's not flash that one up. And, and I'm kind of like, like Gary said, I'm the anchor. Sometimes. Uh, yeah, but like you're playing, so then you're playing Lord of the Land, giving us what we can talk about and what we can't. That's no, well, I'm not, and, and you're never going to fit into any anybody of box like that. But sometimes, trust me with the flow, because sometimes you're like, well, wait a second, what I want to do is uh, somebody mentioned that the guy had a tattoo on his on his knee back in like 1917. Can uh -huh. we go back to that again? And I'm like, well, I was kind of trying to, <laughs> but it is, back. I'm sure it's relevant. There's a point that could be made from it. Yeah, but um, I still remember you asking Dana Romero. Danny Romero what? came to the most greatest crystallizing conclusion about what life is all about, what boxing is all about, the struggle, oneself. And it was just the most perfect denouement. You could have dropped the mic. You could have maybe had a cello playing, a quartet. And you were like, oh, one thing I noticed, but you lost you. You went the distance in your fifth professional fight. Why was that? And I was like, I can't <laughs> believe he's just gone all the way back there. So, but, you know, that was a long time ago. That's when you were still green. You were still yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now I'm black. So yeah, exactly, <laughs> and that's a, that's a whole different level of um, uncancelableness. I was green, I was green, but now I'm black. <laughs> Listen, um, getting back to scoring, because obviously we would. I, I was hoping Gary will turn up, but I, here he is. Here he is. Here he is right now. Well, yeah, 
I'm late. I got the hours mixed up. Ben sent me everything, but I misread. You know Ben's always doing that. He's always throwing you off. He did the same Actually, thing. Ben is, the, ben is the pro. He did the so same he said what thing I said. today. And, you always you know, find a way to blame Ben, but I'm not blaming Ben this time. It was my fault. <laughs> I believe you got it wrong too. Sure. No, no, yeah, he, he fell said, asleep. He said the he said the he clock asleep, back. Huh? He set the clock back an hour, so I could, you know. What I mean? Yeah, yeah. In any case, all right. Let's pick up the fight. Uh, we, we've discussed it a little bit, Gary. Uh, but we were, have a cigarette we, now and again. Give him a chance. We, we had a we had um, more of a discussion about scoring and and and, and the imperfections of boxing scoring. But um, but last night, Which yeah. Fight? Um, well, we were talking in general, but, but but off the back of the Claudina Vasquez fight last night, which it wasn't a, a robbery. Decision, it was and appalling. He thought it was yeah, a robbery. Very uh, But so so why do you think like that? He's about to tell you. Him? He's going to tell you. Well, I saw I saw the fight. Very competitive. Great fight. The best man won. Very tight margin, but to have a scorecard like that is offensive again. Like that's where the issue comes in. Is what, what does it do? What? How does it hurt? Well, it because hurts. It shows what they, what they, you know. Well, let Gary say. What it shows is home home side fighter, promoters fighter. I mean, this is the issue. It's like, it, but it's it, always been that way, right? Come on. Well, well, well the. You're going to have the same conversation with me that you had with him, but so with him that you had with me, like <laughs> half an hour ago. It's always been that way. You know, the, the you know this is the issue. The boxing game's a business. So yes. like every other business, you have, you're have you a builder, you have a contractor, you use the same contractor every time you build a house. So mm -hmm. the, they want to keep that relationship strong. So the contractor always favours the... You know, his employee, and or so the judges get it hired by these promoters on a regular basis, so they yeah. keep their position strong, and it's a fucking joke. And who loses? The fighters and the fans. But, so, but he would have, of the point is, he would have lost anyway. Just the amount by which he lost was too much. Well, no, Michael, there's a very strong argument that he won. Gary is saying he thinks Cordina nicked it, but if anybody said, Scoring the fight for Vasquez was more sensible by a point than, than scoring it for Cordina by four rounds. That was a more sensible, viable card. The guy might have won. You know that. He might have won. The thing but, is, is this. They should judge as as we do per round. And then they add up the rounds at the end. You know, yeah. retext the cards. But it seems to me that, you know, it. it's just we know innately that it's it's it leans against the promoter's side every time and it's wrong. And how do you fix that? Um, I think there should be some kind of body where referees can't work for the same promoter all the time. I think yeah. we should have, I think that the commission should choose the referees, not the promoter. Yeah. The judges. See that part again, sorry. I think that the boxing commission should allocate mm -hmm. the judges, the referees per mm -hmm. fight. It has nothing mm -hmm. to do with the promoter. Yeah. Whereas right now, the promoter has his little team. They yeah. bring in the judges. They have the refs. And refs can win and lose fights for fighters. You yeah, know, absolutely. Do good stuff and they keep stopping you doing what you do best. Mm -hmm. and, or take a point from you if it's close. They can take a point off you for anything. There's two rounds. Uh -huh. And you lose fights. So I think the only way you can stop it is that the 
Governing I think the board. commission do choose the judges, Gary, but the promoter pays them. That's the problem. Yes, the and again, then we get into an, an issue with the promoter and the commission. So maybe we have a completely new body that is untouchable. That is yeah. uh, that 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 does that because yeah, right now and then there's you know there's no argument. Yeah. Well, it's the, the all about is, money. The game is money. We know it. Yeah, but boxing isn't so complex that it could do that, right? It doesn't have like the structure and the money and the organization of, let's say, the MSL, the soccer league or baseball league or football leagues over here. Billionaires, these fucking promoters. And the, they, 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 if they took a 1% fee off all fights to to create a body that could just be an independent body that that demands for for a judging system, for a refereeing. These fighters give their lives, uh, yeah. and it's nothing to some silly judge who goes home and has dinner with his wife, goes to bed. But this mm -hmm. kid's trained for 20 years. He was up at five every morning for 10, 12 weeks. Some of them borrowed money to get into camp. They, their yeah. whole life, since they're eight, they want to be world champion. They get the shot, they win it, and some fucker takes it away from them over money. It's disgusting. It affects lives. It destroys people. It good. This, again can affect mental health later. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, when you train your whole life to become a world champion and someone mm -hmm. robs you, you're an angry person, right? Yeah. You retire, you got your shot, you're unresolved. Yeah. You end up drinking, you do this, you do that. Yeah, and yeah, it affects yeah. lives in many different ways. That then trickles down to affects his family, his children. Lives okay. are affected by bad decisions mm -hmm. because it's, it's, this is our life. You're going to take I can certainly get behind that, Ben. You see that? It, it feels to me that we get more bad decisions in this era than, than we used to get. We've, we've always had them, Gary, Michael. But I do feel in the last 10 years, it's become like a default thing. I don't know what your perspective or feelings about that is. Imagine, Ben, imagine ben you, you, you train to be a pilot your whole life, right? Yeah. And you start to fly and you start having a living and someone can control your career. You do nothing wrong. You're just a great pilot, but someone could say, "Yeah, you flew badly that night. You're you're fired. Now you're now you've got no life because all we do as fighters, our whole life is to get our pilot's license to fight. We turn pro, yeah. we drop out of school, we don't go to college because we're turn professional. We put all our eggs in one basket. The big night of our life, because you know, there's no money till you win a world title. The big nights that yeah. you're 20 years of your life you've worked for, you win it. They rob you." There's no big payday next. Back down the ladder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A mountain to climb. How fucking disgusting is that over yeah. money? And it yes. happens every day. We see it every day. And lives yeah. are destroyed. And these people are getting the little 10, 20 grand backhanders to judge it. Do you honestly believe, Gary, they're getting actual backhanders rather than the fact that they just feel the, feel the automatic bias towards the, the hand that's feeding them? Well, th there's an automatic bias, but I think... Look, when when you're talking a billion dollar fight, let's say Fury, I'm not saying Fury and Nagano, but but I think Fury won the fight. But imagine if he didn't, and then the Usyk fights off in Saudi or whatever, then you're talking billion dollars is at line. They're going to guarantee that they get that decision, right? Well, some people certainly think so. You know, I'll give you an example, both of you. When um, that lady, uh, what was her name? Uh, was it Adelaide Bird or was it C.J. Ross, her name was? She scored Mayweather Canelo a draw 
that, and everybody thought that has to be corruption, that has to be bent, because there's no one else, anybody, no matter how unacquainted they were with the, the te- basic tenets of the sweet science, could honestly think that Mayweather drew with Canelo. That so, judge could, should have gone and got Stevie Wonder a driving license. She's never worked anything high profile since, but the thing is, do you think that was obviously both of you um, in order? You can answer it. Was that obviously was that a blatant case of Paola? No, no question. Yeah, it was so. It was a boxing lesson. It was a it, for young boxers. I know what the fight was. That, I'm asking you, what was the, the the scorecard? Was it was it corrupt as fuck? Or well, what? what I'm saying is, it's all relevant to 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 what I'm saying. That was a masterclass on boxing. A small yeah. guy, and and people talk about it. Canelo was Canelo had forty plus fights. He was a veteran. He was not young. Huh. Too gr- green, they said. Yeah, yeah huh. he was green after forty fights and how many world titles? Right. Can, and by the way, Mayweather in his forties, way past his best. Took him. He to was 39, 39. 39. Okay, thirty-nine. Takes him to fucking school. Yeah. For someone to be so uneducated about the game to score a different way or a draw is like she should be banned for life. An interesting oh, aside. But... I watched that fight with uh, Dustin Hoffman. It was. Did great. you? Yeah. 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 So oh, man, that was so cool. But what I'm asking both of you is: is that a blatant case of Paola? Was she bribed? Is is it? The only well, we can't say that legally, or but my opinion is it was definitely not uh, an honest choice. If she knows anything about boxing, she knows she was 100 wrong. So, and what she, does know, she had, I think she had a motive, and what that may be, I'm not a lawyer, but it certainly could just be ineptitude as well. That's the thing. Yeah, it's so hard to pick out what it could be. It really how do you get an like that? There are so many people that don't really know how to score a fight. And if, a you've never been, if you've never been hit before, how do you score it for more than what it is or for less than what it is? Well, it's a 12-round system, so she could get a round wrong. Maybe she was, you know, she had a sneeze and missed you, a few shots, but you, she can't get 12 rounds wrong. when she's Michael, scored. are you saying non-boxers shouldn't, shouldn't judge? Are you saying non-boxers should never judge fights? I'm saying, like, well, look... When you when somebody is getting hit, you you see it, and whether you've boxed or not, you say, okay, that's a scoring shot or not. But but to see what um, what effective aggressiveness is, and to see what you know what I mean, the the difference between you know a good jab and a good left hook, and and a, a, you know a good body shot and a bad body, or and a not as effective body shot, or or a punch that's thrown and scored with like a loose wrist and a and a punch that's yeah, you know, we get into we, when we get into fighters judging Michael, then we get into another issue. That's um, right, there's always something. I'll tell you for why. Yeah, imagine you are a you know, you're the you're the banger, you're the big puncher, all your fights, you 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 aggressive, you bang, yeah, and then so you're very pro the guy who presses and presses. So and you and 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 you think you win fights because you're trying to make the fight and 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 Mayweather's just negating you and stealing it from you and you're frustrated like duran leonard right you yeah, just said yeah. fuck this it's not a fight but it is a fight that's a boxing lesson you're getting right but mm-hmm. he's going to be biased to the guys who push forward so his style because uh so i just think that i think that it should be fighters i, th- I think like i don't know the 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 um the employment method but i think they should be some kind of uh, not a school, but they have to qualify a certain whatever, yeah. not just 
basic but always, but always gary always having the actual physical experience helps i mean when you look yes. at when, yes. you, when you look at when you look at officials like let's say nfl football when you look at officials and when you look at coaches and they've they've played the game they've they've understood and i got, got knowledge of the game i mean they played the game since they were like yay, knee high and then they played it through high school and through college maybe semi-pro maybe pro and, but you need that in order to be able to uh, understand what what a player or what an athlete is going through. And I think it's like if you go on, if you go on the, you know, the TV show Shark Tank. Yes. And the Dragon's Den, right? No, I don't know that part. Okay, when people go in to pitch a project, if the dragons know the person, they they can't take part in the in okay. the because they have an affiliation. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're biased in some way. So they say, okay. I, I, can't, I know the guy, he's a friend of mine. So I, I have to sit out of it. I think there should be a system where if you're affiliated with a fighter, a promoter, whatever, then you can't judge that fight because there's a million judges. They're not all affiliated with, and you should have a neutral set of judges protected that no one's affiliated with anyone. Yeah, I, I do believe in that. Absolutely no affiliation. I would but just, I remember when Joe Walcott. When Jersey Joe Walcott lost to Joe Lewis the first time, and everybody thinks he won, he put Lewis, he outboxed Lewis uh, that night, and put he put him over twice. He scored two knockdowns. Yeah. 1948. Okay, the referee was Ruby Goldstein, who was a friend of Lewis. Now Ruby Goldstein voted for Walcott, and he was the only one because the other two judges went for for Lewis, the champion, and and all that kind of stuff was cited, which Joe mentioned earlier. You know, people said you've got to take it away from the champion and blah, blah, blah. They didn't like it because Walcott was going backwards. But when it was put to Lewis that it was his friend, his personal friend, Ruby Goldstein, the referee, who actually voted against him, he said, I know Ruby, and he calls him like he sees him. And I think, you know, we do have examples where that integrity overrides any personal relationship. And and one would hope that is what we're dealing with. What about Mayweather? I mean, but again, I do believe there's money in in amateur boxing. I think there's a lot of business takes place in the amateurs. I think a lot of the trainers and the coaches in the amateurs are getting paid to to send the boys certain places. But when Mayweather lost the Olympic, yeah, the referee even raised his hand by mistake, but because he thought there's no yeah. way to give it the other guy, they give it to I think he was Bulgarian, right? Yeah, is that yeah. is that just complete incompetence or? Is the I believe it's got to be incompetence. Well, do you know? Do you remember Michael Conlon when he lost to that Nikita, whatever his name is, the Russian in the what would have been the Olympics? Um, I'm guessing it would have been the well, I guess the two thousand. No, was it 2021 or was it the before that? Either Same way, Roy Jones, if you remember. Yeah, but but Roy Jones, you know, I mean, that that was probably the worst, certainly the worst high-profile robbery I've ever seen in amateur yeah, boxing. But Michael Conlon. Michael Conlon lost a fight that he looked like he beat the guy out of sight. And do you remember that kind of, you know, kind of profane tirade he went on when he said, it's fucking corrupt from the core to the top. I don't give a fuck if I'm on live television. He said, you know, he just said it is corrupt from the core to the top. Amateur boxing, you know? I um, believe that the whole game is, uh, again, it all again boils down to money. And, uh, and, and people... You know, said there's no money in amateur, but of course there's money in amateur because if you're a great, great amateur, you turn pro for a lot of money, and that is a yeah. trickle down system to make sure that the you we get the best amateurs. So the amateur yeah. guys make sure. Money is the common thread in everything, right? So that's always going to be the culprit. 
it's always going to be some ingredient. But fellas, you don't even need money. Everybody knows in the amateurs. You know when you box on someone else's show? We boxed twice. I boxed him on my show and I won. I boxed him on his show and he won. You you remember that, right, Gary? Yes. But you know what I'd love to see? What would, I mean, you, you can't. I mean, I don't think it's even possible, but it, maybe it is. Imagine having a nap and you have Fury versus the Garno. <laughs> the end of the fight. A nap. And, <laughs> Yeah, I was going to make that joke because he fell asleep. Go on, keep going. Ten million people watch the fight, right? And at yeah. the end, we get the scorecards, and then at the end, we get the audience scorecards, and we just look who 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 won the fight. You know, it would be interesting. Would you be in favour of that? Because you know what? I mean, this is only I'm saying this for a bit of fun, but I went to a white collar show once where I was training a bunch of guys, city boys, for a white collar show in, in, in the city in London. And what they did on this particular night was they had they had like a, the, everybody at the audience at the tables, you know, the people who were attending, they had like a, a red boxing glove card and a blue boxing glove card. And they just they held up the one they thought of one at the end. And obviously there was people might be rooting for the guy that they come to see. It yeah. wasn't to be taken too seriously, but you looked for a preponderance of red or blue. Could that ever work? In, in, in any, That'd in be fun. Way? I think it would be amazing. I mean, if, yeah. Yeah, when you walk was. through this, when you walk through the ticket stall, they give you a blue <laughs> and red. Yeah. And if one guy who sells the more tickets, he's going to have more yeah. fans, and he's going to be. Imagine the one. that! Imagine that, Michael. That would be terrible if it were like that, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, it would be the worst. <laughs> you got yeah. Imagine if we had it where it was the guy. It was the guy who brought in the more money or had the better following and actually won the fight. Yeah. But yeah. at least, at least we have only a few elite people making those decisions instead of any fucking Tom Dick or Harry who's paid to you watch know, an it. Interesting point on the Ngannou and uh, and Tyson Fury fight. I don't know if you've said this already, but. In the States, it only did 11,000 buys. No, 67,000. 67,000? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. On on ESPN? It was 67,000 pay-per-views in the States. Honestly, I've seen the figure. Oh, so it must have been been ESPN and somebody else because ESPN. Nagano Tyson. Yeah. Yeah. It it bombed in the States, the pay-per-view, basically. Eyebrow raisingly low. McGregor Mayweather did 4.3 million. This did 67,000. Yeah, I mean, the other guy, the the brother, Paul, he does more buys than that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and why did you want to mention that? What well, were you? I, well, you just brought up Ngannou, and I just come, I just remember going past that fact, and I just thought it was. I didn't say a, nothing about Ngannou. Yeah, you did. You brought him up. But it's fine. <laughs> it's cool. We can talk about it. But I just no, wanted... you did. Well, what were you, what were you just talking about before? You were talking about Fury and you... No, no, we weren't. We were talking about giving the people red or blue cards and making the decision in the, in the crowd. Yeah, but before and that... you said, that reminds me, Ngano. <laughs> no, but before that... Um, we were talking about... Yeah, no, did Gary mention Ngano? I don't, I don't think so. I think he did. But either way, it, it, yeah, the thing is that the pay-per-view didn't do well. And this is the no. thing, right? Yeah. When the Saudis underwrite... Um, an event like that and pay mega bucks for everybody. It kind yeah. of doesn't matter. So you know, and yes, they they, exactly. they paid all those legends to be there to yeah. make it look like an event. Yeah. They're just yeah. throwing money down the drain in a way. So yeah, you know how much organically it wasn't as big as they as the Saudis yeah. made it. Do you understand? Know yes, absolutely. And so what I'm saying now is that puts the uh, the Fury and you know the next Fury fight uh, in jeopardy. Like now they moved it off for whatever reason they're going to say they moved it off for, but who knows if it's even going to happen again coming up in a couple of months. It's supposed to happen, like you say, for yeah. the end of Riyadh season. They yeah. say February. They say late February. You know? Yeah, that's what they say. But now, you know what I mean? They look at the numbers with Tyson Fury and, they, and, they're, and they're 
who knows what the who knows the money may not be as worth as much and so maybe also the saudis that are going to do the fight maybe they don't want to put out that much anymore looking at the numbers that he got because obviously usa is i, I believe it's the kind of like fight capital let me of the tell world. you the saudis the it's money the that they're spending is like a most of the money comes from the United States, right? Well, the Saudi money is just insane money. So they, they does just, it come from the US with the oil? Yeah. They simply want to get the attention. They don't care if they win a yeah, fight. Yeah, exactly. money or not. They're, the they're setting up for something else, but and that's what they're putting their money for. They're but. going to make the money in tourism and all of that stuff. Not they don't care about the fights. It's simply a PR stunt for them. They're paying to for the tourism. They're not paying no. for the fight to make money. And they want to take over boxing to an extent, or they want to be a big, big player in boxing. And I think they're they're prepared to spend so much money in order to make that happen. They're using the boxing game to promote the country. That's all. And there'll be another. And then they'll they'll do UFC too, and they'll do other things. And they'll probably end up putting movies, shoot movies there. I mean, they'll do. They're just getting attention for the country to to put the country on the map and to open the world to this country, get people's eyes on the country to get a good. You know, make it a tourist spot and to make the get the country a profile, and so they'll pay whatever to, to get that. You know, okay. Saj Ali has just mentioned because I was going to ask you what the worst decision, if you had to say the worst decision you've ever seen, and Saj has just mentioned mine when Whitaker, uh, when Penel Whitaker lost the first fight to Jose Luis Ramirez in oh, yeah. Paris. That is the worst decision yeah. I've seen amateur or pro personally. Yeah. That was, let me think. That was pretty bad. Yeah, that was that was terrible. There was no argument. There yeah. was literally no argument for Ramirez. Yeah. When it, whatever metric you're going by, you want to talk about ring generalship, effective aggressiveness, or whatever you're talking about, or color of the shorts. Yeah, there was literally no angle for saying Ramirez had won. He had his head boxed off, mm-hmm. and um, you know. And I remember that was when um, Lute Uber called Jose, uh, uh, sorry Mauricio, not Mauricio Jose. Salam. He called him a gosh darn thief. Um, mm-hmm. Because he said that is you that's done that, you know, that, that you are to blame for this situation, you know. But um, that's the worst one I've ever seen. Have you? When you, when if I asked you the worst decision you've ever seen, what would you say, Gary? Straight off the top of your head. You know, I don't have one. What are you saying? The same one as me, Michael? Or you got another oh, one? Yeah, still? yeah, absolutely. That was. I remember watching that plain as day. I could not believe that was even a. <laughs> that, was a, I mean, that was a decision that was Pete, Pete was so shocked Pete f- Pete fell on the deck with his head in his hands like you've just heard yeah. that you know literally you, you, your entire family's been wiped out by a virulent disease or something you know oh yeah was- and Sal also said um Asaj also said that he thought Chavez was a robbery and that was yeah, yeah he'd be, he'd be absolutely a robbery. No I remember this. The, I remember Whittaker beating Chavez. I also yeah. remember. Remember the Meldrick Taylor was the two four seconds from victory. Whatever. Two seconds. Two seconds. But but that the argument yeah, yeah, that yeah. is you could get killed with a shot. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I, don't I don't have a problem this. with that stoppage. I think no. we said it before, yeah. Gary. I think I think we agreed we didn't have a problem with the stoppage. Actually, yeah. all three of us. Yeah, when it gets that. That because the ref cap be conscious of the num of the time. Um, it was George Benton who said he don't walk around with a clock on his ass. He said, you know, that he's just a referee. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I'm sure bad ones. Um, and uh, I, I honestly don't believe that it's incompetence. I think most of the time it's business. And uh, but what I'm interested in 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 ascertaining, Gary, because you started when you turned up on the show. You started making the very, very, very valid, true. 
point that it's a question of supply and demand and you keep it like it in every business you forge good relationships with certain suppliers and, and all the rest of it and you keep the gravy train rolling that that's a natural thing to do and, and when it's only if you're just talking about making log cabins that's absolutely fine when it's other people's when it's supposed to be a sport and you know uh, albeit a business and you talk about people's dreams it's slightly different but do you actually believe um that there is actual blatant bribes as well go down because every I, judge a, speak to... I, I believe yes i believe in every yeah. business in the world you know nothing's pure i think the night you know general generally it can be a i think there's a lot of supply and demand uh that's yes. just a, that's just a, a given uh and i think there's a small percentage of absolute poison in the sport like there is yes. in every sport 100 you think so too michael boxing in its nature is a you know is is since the, the beginning of time it's had the mob it's had the it's had listen people don't care yeah no, game has interesting characters you know yeah yeah and people don't care how they win as long as they win people like losing is just such a terrible ugly you know thought of is socially like just not a good even though you learn more when you lose than than if you win right when you but win think, you, you, I, you you pretty much stay in the same spot as you were when you lose you have the opportunity the option to get better and, and better yourself and come back and win and that has a whole different value to it but people don't want to take that experience because it's an effort and it's but i think to all of us and any purist, if you train your heart out and we fight and you get beat fur and squirrel, I can live with that. Yeah. But, yeah, you can, but, people, but people who don't no, really compete no, cannot live with that. People what, who, who don't I, compete can't live with that. No, but what I'm saying is, as the fighter, I, I don't care about the promoter, the trainer, or as the fighter, when you win that fight and it took you 20 years to get there and you get robbed, it's soul destroying. If you train for that fight and you fairly get beat, you can live with it. It's okay. Yeah. No, it's okay. You can you can it's okay. You can sleep at night. You know you're not the best. But imagine going to sleep at night, you never got the money, you never got the belt, and you know you're the best fight in the world. Mm -hmm. And you've never that is soul destroying. So mm -hmm. that is where it affects lives. Mm -hmm. You know. If you lose, lost to me is not, I'm not ashamed to lose. Mm -hmm. When I lost to Eubanks, my mm -hmm. father had never told me he loved me in his life. Yeah. And it's a funny thing. And I came back to the changing room. I had a towel on my head and I was so angry that I lost. I said to everyone, get the fuck out, everyone. Even my brother, everyone's got to go. And, and my father was there and I said, you got to leave, Dad. And he said, what? what? I said, please, leave. And he, and he walked out of the, the changing room, right? And my father had a wispy chest, little like fluid. And I used, I remember growing up as a kid, I used to lie on his chest sometimes. And it was like the ocean, this wispy chest. They used, used to make me peaceful. Anyway, I said, everyone's got to get out. And I closed the door and I was sat against the door. And I must have been there for an hour or so. And it was getting fucking dark. And I could hear people sweeping up in the hallways, you know? And... Someone turned the lights out and it's pitch black in the changing room. And I'm sat there. And in the darkness, I heard this. And I thought, and I said, Dad? And he went, yes, son. And I opened the door and he was sat the other side of the door behind me. Two of us in the door. And he come in and he sat next to me on a bench. 
And he said, you know, kid, when you were born, you was born in the house. I said, okay. And he said, yeah. he said, I was out buying your mother a carry cot and, um, and uh, I got back and there was an ambulance and uh, I said, what the fuck? She said, he's upstairs. And he said, you was a week early. He said, I ran up the fucking steps and they put you in a chest of drawers. And this is a plumber, my dad, motorcycle racer. Yeah. He said, he put you in a chest of drawers. He said, I had dirty, oily hands. He said, I wiped my hands and I picked this little baby up. He said, my God. He said, you know, Gary, I knew you was always going to be somebody. And, and this little thing that he said, and I looked at him and he said, let's go home. I said, Okay, and I we walked out of that venue, and that moment I had with my father, I, 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 I'm, I'm happier that it's the first time he was really saying, I love you, you're always special to me. Yeah, you won or lost. Yeah. It was worth, it was worth the loss. Yeah. So, so I, I, and I got beat fair and square. So, so that kind of a loss is magical to me, but when you get beat, when you give your life and you get fucked, that is soul destroyed. It affects lives. And I think people who, I no, think you never let go of that kind of life. Judges make a bad decision. What it should be, be done, it should go to a board. They should watch the fight with tw 20 of the best experts. If the judge is 100% wrong, blatantly, I'm not talking around, I'm talking if it's a complete robbery. There should be repercussions. Well, did you? I was talking before you got here, Gary. The Josh Taylor Jack Catterall fight, which the world and his brother felt that Catterall had won, and that was actually four world title. You know, all four belts were actually on the line that night, and Catterall could have been the undisputed light welterweight champion of the world. He got shafted. Uh, everybody seemed to believe he did. Ian John Lewis, a referee you may be aware of, he was a fighter back in more around uh, right about slightly after your era, only about a few years. And he um, got downgraded by the board for his scorecard. Not just that, there were other incidents where they cited what they regarded was a lack of complete competence with his scorecards over the last few years. But the straw that broke the camel's back was the Josh Taylor-Jack Catterall decision. And he got downgraded. But in, in an interesting twist, fellas, he, he told them to shove it, I guess, because they downgraded him. He was an A-star and they made him just an A or a B, whatever. And then he was like, well, fuck you then. And he joined this renegade organisation called Bieber, the British-Irish Boxing Association. And then he's recently sued the board because he thinks it was racial because he's black. That was why they downgraded him because he's black. Um, <laughs> which, do you know what I mean? And funny enough, Spencer Fearon said, no, my friend. He said, I'm the kind of guy who looks for racism hard. He said, it's nothing to do with racism. It's because of your incompetence. Yeah, but, um, yeah incompetence is a... <laughs> similar. But it's... But it isn't. But in any case, Gary, the board. There are precedents where the board recently took action against a referee, and as is the uh, fashion these days, he's come back at them with a discriminatory kind of a suit, uh, saying that, it, that there was racial prejudice at the heart of their decision. Which, based um, on the profession that we're in, the fight game, you know, it's full of colourful characters, as you know, and some very yeah. dark ones. And you know, there's always a little bit of a, you know, the the boys in in the fight game. I'm surprised. Uh, that there hasn't been some serious rap, uh, ramifications of, of like if I, imagine being a fighter and a ref and a judge really fucks you like uh, and, and destroys your life. I'm surprised I haven't read that some judge ends up under Take the it down hands. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it would cement shoes in the lake. You know what I mean? I haven't heard of that, but you would think it should have. Not Did you ever hear about the the uh, kid Gavilan, um Billy Graham? fight back in the 
it was a, it was the fifties, right? Okay, and it, it was said to be one of the worst robberies of that era when Kid Gavilan got the decision against the up and comer Billy Graham, right? And supposedly, years um, later, because Graham's manager Frankie Carbo asked for you know Frankie Carbo was Mister Gray. Yeah. He was the he was the man who controlled boxing and had a stranglehold in that era. Okay, and, and he was also a mafioso. He absolutely, absolutely, he was. Um, yes. And he said he he asked for an, um, a meeting with Billy Graham's manager, whose name escapes me right now. Is that I think his name was. Uh, Artie Schwartz, I think his name was, but either way, he said to him, listen, I want to meet him with you. They met at some New York hotel, Gramercy kind of neighborhood, and they said, 20%, give me 20% and your kid's got the title, okay? Give me 20% of Graham and your kid's got the title. And he said, no, nah, we ain't going to do that, you know, fuck you kind of thing. And he said, well, your fighter's got the, um, the, the last say. Go talk to him. He said, go talk to Graham. Then come back to me and tell me that you ain't going to give me 20%. And then he comes back and Graham was loyal to his manager. And he said, no, nah, bollocks to him, you know, or he wouldn't have said bollocks because Americans don't use that word, but you know what I mean? So uh, um, he goes back to Frankie Carbo, the manager, and says, Graham says no as well, like I knew he would. And he said, well, okay, he says, your kid's got a lot to learn. Doesn't he know he's not going to win? He's got a lot to learn, that kid. And then Gavilan got what was a controversial decision, which was very unpopular, certainly in the house that night. I believe it was at the garden, okay? And uh, years later on his deathbed, one of the judges called uh, Graham's manager to his deathbed and said he had to unburden himself. He says, I had to do it. He said, I'm really sorry, Artie. He said, for, you know, for, I feel so bad for what I did to you and Billy Graham. And then the, the manager at the time was magnanimous. The man's dying. He said, it's okay. It's okay. Don't you worry about it. But mm -hmm. that's a little anecdote um, for bedtime almost at this point. We're so damn late with this show tonight. See <laughs> <laughs> you know, See how he huh? rubs it in. See how he rubs yep. it in. Never. Well, it's been sat waiting long time. Him. We're gonna have to put you in therapy. Because of what? For this time? Well, because you can't let it, you can't let things like this go. I mean, accidents happen. It's not Gary's fault that he's late. No, it's like, no, no, no. I was actually trying to do a because I. When I was in the supermarket when he called me. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. He was by the avocados. Um, I was by the avocados. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know avocados are a fruit right they, they are a fruit yeah good 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 call very very good it's so easy to educate i just yeah you know. sometimes we, just assume, we assume because they're green that they're vegetables were exactly you would it's a bit like tomorrow well, i was there because yesterday was my birthday which is which was a saturday yeah i'm in la and so sunday which is today of course in la same as mm -hmm. you you're behind you but um I, I invited a few of my mates over for dinner but i'm gonna cook so i'm doing a lamb shank so I just had to buy oh, 10 lamb shank wow wow and okay. uh it's like a five hour cook and um and so i was at the supermarket getting all my produce and um and ben called me what like well i looked at the messages i'm thinking what the fuck's going on with ben again he's got his knickers in a twist and then of course <laughs> i looked at the messages and i said "Fuck it i'm wrong again ben did tell me he even called me <laughs> days. he was completely diligent you know everything yeah. but I, I hadn't looked i glanced past the message so i missed it hey. so i called him from the avocado section oh, and I said, ben, can you cover me and uh yeah push back but it didn't we only had six followers anyway, so yeah. yeah. Did you see how much nobody 
There's nobody that can get their knickers in a twist like Ben. They, oh, no, sorry, let me get I guess it's just a natural skill. It's um, you know what? Maybe you might be right. Maybe people prefer this complete kind of anarchic, chaotic approach to everything. Maybe I need to relax and stop trying to make everything so damn slick. But um, Gary, did you see how much love you got on my page yesterday for your birthday? I didn't really look, Ben. No, did I get a lot of love? Yeah. Well, you look like you've signed off on some of the kind of comments that people made. Uh, I saw a few, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. 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 A couple, but, yeah. No, I had an overwhelming uh, uh, lot of people. I, I need to go on Facebook and uh, and thank everybody and, 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 and some of the other sites, that yeah, Instagram people. But I'm not really big on this social media. I'm I know, yeah, I was... Um... I only, the only time I've been active lately is because Ben, I, I get tags from Ben who's active, so I respond to ben's page more than my own mm -hmm. because uh, mm -hmm. it comes up and i feel like obliged if someone's kind enough to send me a comment i feel that i should at least thank yeah. them you know what i mean so it's but i i don't i'm not good at the social media stuff well you know what you're really good at you're really good at your lighting because you have the dramatic on your left side and you have the light and you're the angles that he sits at i'm trying to get that Ben and I just have like blatant light in front of us, and you have. I'm this. just in the garden. Do you know what would be good, Silk? When you're he's, got, he's got this godlike like presence. Garden, look how big the garden is. About two acres back in the in the. <laughs> so it's like a godlike presence. We look like we're in I don't even know where, and and, and yeah, Ben, I won't talk so, about. you know what I'd be happy with? I mean, Gary's aesthetic is brilliant, like you say, and he's and yeah. he's got an idea how to kind of carry himself in that. I'm spot. in the film business. Come if, on, exactly. But Silk, if you could just learn to keep your head in the center of the screen for a whole episode, that would be brilliant. We'll deal with the backdrop later. <laughs> you're talking to a boxer. It's like, you know, you, you know, you got like neck things and all of a sudden you're tilted. Listen, I, my whole life, right, I, I learned to, you know, tuck the chin. Yeah. And so it, be, it becomes such an everyday thing. Like you walk down the street and you're looking like this. You're talking to yeah. people and you're talking out of the top of your eyes. And it's crazy yeah. sometimes. So. When I, I live in the forest. You want to see the forest? Just to show the viewers the forest. Look, oh, I don't. I, I don't know if the. Um, I don't know if the uh, internet will stay up, but look. You know, Gary. Look, look. This is the garden in the forest. Hey, listen, I, I can't see the forest for the trees. Look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah go. The wood. Yeah. Look, see. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I thought that was a good one. He what part it. of LA is? Yeah, it was quite good. What, what part of LA is this in, Gary? Beverly Hills. Oh, there you go. Oh my God! Look at I this. Like Look at the stone pool, the stone hedge over there. Yes, it's all like natural. This is this used to be the um, the uh, uh, Hugh. What's his name? The the guy that used to own Hefner. the Playboy. The, no, the Playboy yeah. Mansion. No, it's Hugh not Hefner. That. Hugh Hefner, yeah. No, no, his house is about 50 times bigger. Yeah. But, wow. uh, yeah, see, it's no lighting. I sit back down. 
And it's just it's all, it's all this natural green. He's got like a nice, I don't know what it is, but it's it works. Yeah, we'll have to get that it's, at some point because I want, you know, I want to get some horses soon one day. Yeah, <laughs> I'll invite you to come ride horses. I'm sure Ben will come. I think Michael will want to ride tigers yeah. or something. Yeah, I don't think it's something right. different. I'm not be a unicorn or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, what is that symbolism for something? No, I mean, symbolism? you ride uh, horses, Ben, and, and uh, he could drive the Ferrari. Uh, yeah, there you go. Um, which has a hundred, we're like three hundred horses, right? <laughs> yeah, a power. Yes, indeed. We could do it. All, that we're here all week. We'll, we'll certainly be back next week, anyway. Um, guys, is is that a wrap? You know, I've, you seem to resist my attempts to close out in the way that I. I try to close and then we we go somewhere else. But um, I didn't we... know you were making the effort to close out. You have to like do that thing like Carol Burnett used to do. Go something yeah. like that. I need a signal, yeah. Well, who but... did that in boxing? There was a guy you always used to go like... Mills Lane. Mills Lane. Mills Lane would do that, yeah. Mills yeah, yeah, great. yeah. He refed me a few times, though. Yeah. yeah. I was, yeah I'll was... go, before you go, Gary, I was just talking about... I was talking about the York Hall and some of the fantastic fighters and, and car you know, gems that we got in the 80s there. And I was talking about the time that James Kinchin fought Buster Drayton there. And I believe I you got... I was on that card, when I? Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's why I wanted to talk to you about it quickly, because it, it was April the 14th, 1985, the day before Hagler Hearns. And you were on it. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. But how amazing is that to think nowadays? You'd never get two world-rated middleweights on at the York Hall on a Sunday off TV today, would you? No, no. Amazing. There is... York Hall's a piece of history really the, the bodies that have been through your call right and what a what an amazing uh atmosphere that place has the, the roof yeah. comes off you know sometimes at your call so yeah. it's like the people above you almost like in a you know, like in a like in a like in a cocoon yeah atmosphere. Like the blue horizon in in uh philadelphia that was one yeah. of those amazing places where you you're right on top of the ring i did not fight there one time i was scheduled to didn't happen but, yeah. was, but you're like right on top of the ring. I used to watch the fights. I used to um, do Tuesday night fights over here. And they would uh, pretty much shoot them, uh, you know, come to you from the uh, from that place. And it, well, was, it just looked amazing. What was amazing was the sound, right? Because you could hear people. Yeah. I remember Terry, remember Terry Downs. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So, so, uh, so, so there was a fight and I was sat behind Terry. But, but you could hear... Like I heard stuff when I was even boxing in the ring, you could hear people, you know. But I'll never forget because uh, it was like stereo. There's a terrible fight taking place, and someone shouted, "Turn the fucking lights off and go to sleep here." And Downsy shouted, "No, leave him on. I'm reading a book." Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and the whole place went up. But it's a true story. And then that became like a funny uh, saying. But it actually, I was actually at the venue when he said it. He was. He had his cigars. Someone said, "Turn the fucking lights off," and he went, "Leave him on. I'm reading a book." And uh, <laughs> everyone in your call pretty much. See, heard I it. didn't know that Downsy said that, but I've heard the joke, the generic that joke. That came from that your call venue. Yeah, I was. I, I like the one. There was um, I think it was Jack Solomon's was um, and he had the he had the Duke of the Duke of Edinburgh at the time, uh, as a as a special guest um, at his show, and there was a Belgian import who wasn't exactly in selling himself and looked a bit dodgy. And one of the other people in the company of the, of, of Solomon's and the, and the, the, the royalty said, "Where did you get this Belgium from?" And Deadpan, he replied, "Belgium." Oh, oh, so I missed that one. Is that is that a 
Is that what? I missed it. I didn't get the joke. Oh my gosh. Sure. Did you know when, yeah. Do people That's not right. say that in America? Like, where the fuck did you get this guy from? It's like saying, where'd you get the American from? And Ben says, America. Oh. Someone said, where did you get this Belgium from? And he said, Belgium. No. Oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> See, Michael, the thing is, this is a strange thing about you. You are hyper intelligent and you have a thinking capacity on, on a level of most, unlike most, you know, very few people of my acquaintance. But if someone didn't was not attuned to that, they could think you were just some punch drunk ex pug who's not who's always behind the beat. I mean, you are a highly intelligent guy and you oh. and you and you have a unique capacity for thinking. But a, f a few people might not get that and they might just think. This guy, he took too many shots. <laughs> I have oh, taken no. too many. Hey, I just <laughs> noticed something. It says sugar, boxing coach and author. Yeah. Silk. Beating sugar and stretching fight. But, oh, what's this? <laughs> what, 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 oh, he's, he's got his own little byline. Yes. <laughs> yeah, in fight predictions. Yeah. Yes. So I've got the number, 322. I think so. And you guys you are like, no. Me again. You guys are not three two two. You will never no, beat me again. He's ever. not ahead of anything. I know that I'm. I think I'm. I've got. The you know that's been up for a couple of weeks. Spot. You guys know that's been up for a couple of weeks now, right? Yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. Stuff in the little fucking cunt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. I was like, how long is it going to take these guys to under, to know what's going on? Here? Oh, you little utter, utter. Listen, Gary. Gary, you're changing yours, Gary. On, on, to be fair to him, that is his greatest achievement. He doesn't have a lot to choose from. His greatest achievement ever will be to, when Ben yeah. daughter kisses the ring. Yeah, that will be <laughs> that will be the sign that he's finally arrived. He's a son. You know what? By the end, by the end of the um, by the end of let's say, do we have a season on this thing on on how many fights we're going to call or something? We're going to go to the best what's of ten. The, what's, fights. what's the next big fight, Ben? If we. Do you know what? There's not huge fights coming up. You you've got Katie Taylor and Chantel Cameron rematches not yeah, a million yeah. miles away. You've got things like Michael Conlon and Jordan Gill in this that's December second. You've got things like Denzel Bentley versus Leon Williams. There is action, but there's nothing really definitive yeah. and huge. Callum Smith has got a big fight, right? Callum Smith is fighting Artur Beterbiev in um, January. That's a, that's, a great, that's a great. That's a best fight. Coming up, yeah, next year, next still year. a couple of fights before the end of the year. Who's the kid? Uh, not Andrade. Is it Andrade? Andrade and, uh, and, the, and uh, David Benavides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a fight. I don't yeah. rate Benavides at all, but I think everyone's going to take Benavides on that. I think he's tough, but I don't rate him. I think someone, like, I think Canelo would stop him. Who uh, are Benavides? He's big on Benavides. I've watched him. I've studied him. I think he's terrible. Yeah. Do you think yeah, I'm dropping him? Yeah. I, I'm I, I, I think anyone in the game beats him. I think he's fought a lot of people past their prime. I thought he's been really well handled. And I think he's, uh, and he's, I, I don't like his attitude. I don't like, uh, he's, because it, what I don't like about him is he disrespects people. It's one thing I've been attitude respectfully, but he's very disrespectful. He can be vulgar. He can be abusive. I didn't get that. Maybe I didn't hear him, his conversations afterwards, but I didn't I get just, that. You know what? If you want to be big headed, like go and win a world title and have 10 defenses, then I'll, then maybe you can be big headed, but you ain't there yet, my friend. And, and to put people like Canelo and, and the, the shitty talks, it doesn't respect that many people. 
Uh, and I don't, we'll see, but I think he's going to come up short. We shall see. So, when you ask me where the next big fight is, the, the answer is there isn't really a definitive one, but there's plenty of fights to close us out for the for the remainder of 2023 at least. Um, yeah, yeah name fighters, right? Yeah, you know, there's like I say, there, there are dates there. There isn't a mega fight on the horizon. So you know what I suggest we do, Ben? Go on. Oh, we can use this pod, this this particular episode to ask the viewers, the few that we have, yeah, if they can send in to you uh, anything that they would like us to maybe discuss next week. Sure. Um, when when yeah. you close, maybe you could, you know, just if there's any questions, any topics that they like, anything that they like to put light on. Um, feel free to send in your suggestions. We realise we have a, we're appreciative at the minute. We have this kind of dedicated hardcore following at the minute. Um, get 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 at us with your suggestions via whatever social media, whether it's on this YouTube channel, whether it's my social media, Facebook or Instagram, or the Silks or even Gary's. Um, we will be back next week. Uh, coming back at you on Friday. In the meantime, be lucky. Uh, you forgot to say what the final count was. Like, what are we in terms of scores? Uh, He's done it again. He will not let me fucking close a show and make it slick. But he doesn't realize how bad, certainly to me, to my But you, you can't, bad. Ben, you cannot do an incomplete show. You can't leave that. It's not a cliffhanger. I can't He's remember what the scores are. I've got written down. Michael, like, Ben, down. Ben rehearses for hours these closing like that. No, I'm just, I'm natural. It's, it's, it's natural. It's, it's, it's like flow, a monologue. He, he's got a big back wall in the bedroom. He's, and he, he's called me and said, "How'd you study? Studied it like a like a like a monologue." <laughs> I worked with him on that monologue for two hours yesterday, and yeah, yeah, yeah. he just yeah. cut him. And he was doing really well because he wasn't doing good yesterday, but he was doing really well. Just and you just cut him off. So then <laughs> give us the score again, and then very eloquently. I can't remember what the score is. Three, two, two. He, yeah. So what's amazing is you have mono, and you're not having a voice problem. So again, you have mono and you don't have a voice, like you don't have a voice problem. Gary says you had a mono monologue. Monologue is a block of dialogue. Oh, See? I mono. I thought you said he had mono. Well, in the acting business, if you do a monologue, it's like it's like telling a story. It's like or a, a soliloquy of, in a more in yeah, more like a, like you know, it's a, a piece of text that you yeah. you, you yeah. do alone and you yeah. So yeah. you, know, you mm -hmm. could do a. And so Ben takes his closing. Uh, he takes his monologues very seriously. He certainly, yeah. certainly does. He's done. He's done. He's done. He's done. very seriously. Okay, so quickly, so Ben, so you're what? Ben, Ben, you're what? You called two right, right? I, no, it's at least two. I've got. I'm two. two let's right. call it two, two, three, and then you'd be happy with that, Michael, because it's the last one you'll ever get from. And me. And, and what are you, Gary? I'm two. Ben, two. You three. Okay. <laughs> I don't think he is, you know. I don't think yes, he is. Yes, it is, Ben. No, you shall be closing. You close the show. Go, show me you know how to do it. Go on, go ahead. Close the show. Yeah, Gary's going to close the show. Gary's the professional here. Let's go. Uh, Shut it down on him. Shut it down on him, Gary. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, hardcore boxing fans, thank you for joining us on this uh, this podcast. Michael Silk, Ben Sugar, Stretchy Stretch, and um, 
We look forward to seeing you next week on Friday. If there's any particular subject that you'd like us like to put light on, or to to any questions, or any if there's a subject matter that you'd like like us to discuss, I ask you this because there's not a lot of big fights that are taking place before the end of the year. However, there's so many interesting subjects in boxing, from judging to to you know, there's so many. I don't want to limit you with my uh, limitations, but anything that you feel that would would host a good show, we would be happy to uh, look at and oblige. And in uh, until next week, it's good night from Stretch. Good night from me. Beautiful. Good night from Silka Lajade, New York City, baby. Peace out. Peace out. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.